Well, good morning. How are you this morning on this first Sunday of February of 2021? We're making it, right? Yeah, it's good to be with you both in the room and for you and our online family. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we're starting a new series today called Encounter. And I, I want to begin it with a question. I, I want you to think about something very personally in your life. When is the last time that you had a real life-changing, very specific encounter with God? When is the last time that you genuinely felt the presence of God, the power of God, and the voice of God speak to you in a way that genuinely set you in a new direction? Have you had that? Have you had a moment like that as a follower, a believer in God and a follower of Jesus, as a child of God, filled with the Holy Spirit? Because that's what the Bible says you are if you have placed your faith in Christ. So have you had then therefore another moment after being saved where you had an encounter with the Almighty God? Part of being a healthy Christian and having a healthy soul is that we set ourselves up as people to have an encounter with the living God. Uh, there's another word for that. The word is worship. But I don't use that word right now because when I use the word worship, what happens already in your minds is you think of worship in the way that you learned how to do it. You think of worship limiting because I know that's how we do. Well, worship means I sing this song in this way or that song in that way. And if someone else sings a song in a different way, well, that's not worship. <laughs> or if someone else sings it in a different tradition, well, that's not worship. We, we get very limited. There's a better word to describe how we should live in our relationship with God. And the word is encounter. When's the last time you encountered God? Today we're going to take uh, uh, the first part, kind of an introductory part, um, into what it means to encounter God. What does it look like to begin to encounter God? And we're going to take the next several weeks because part of having a healthy soul is learning how to consistently worship. Part of having a healthy being, a healthy spirit, is learning to express to God your encounter, what it means to have that relationship with Him. And today I want to look at really one of the first life-changing encounters in Scripture. This gentleman today, uh, the last two songs that, that we sang, he was living out these two songs in his life. We're going to look at none other than Moses in Exodus chapter 3. So get your Bibles ready. Turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to look at that encounter, yep, that one, in the life of Moses that was an encounter with God that led to life change. It led to attitude change. It led to heart change. It led to action change. And when you look at that encounter that he had with God... That's something that I know I want to experience. I know that as healthy Christians, we want to experience. And quite frankly, I know that a lot of people in life, they genuinely want to encounter God. They don't want to encounter religion. They want to encounter God. And there is a big difference. And Moses had that moment. Uh, the last song that we sang, um, it, it has kind of this theme to it. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give a moment of confession. Um, the reality is most of our worship is contained in the songs that we sing. 
Um, and that's very limiting. There are many, many ways for us to express our worship and our encounter with God. But usually it's through music. The last song we sang, uh, Carly will know this because she and I had a dialogue about this. That song's been out for a while. But I, I told her, I said, I don't want to do that song. I don't like that song. <laughs> so why are we doing that song? Well, because I'm a person that likes to read the lyrics. I like to read the song. And, and part of that big song that we just sang, um, God, you have never failed me yet. The reason I didn't like that song to begin with during a season of life is because um, it implies that God is going to fail you at some point or another. That's the implication. If you haven't failed me yet, well, when are you going to let me down, God? At what point are you not going to show up because you haven't done it yet? And so I can say that, but there's this implication that maybe somewhere down the road you're going to let me down. And so I read through that song and I was like, I don't know that I like that. Until you walk through a shutdown. Until you walk through... Um, all types of challenges until you walk through attacks on you for no reason until you walk through people making judgment calls about you that don't know who you are and then you have to go to your knees and you have to find a substantive encounter with God that basically will change your attitude direction heart actions when you have to go there then you begin to realize the Lord is never going to fail you ever Great is his faithfulness. And the person that we talk about today, he knew that. Because the moment that you're about to read occurred 40 years into a season of his life where he had gone through some extreme circumstances. And 40 years later, God shows up and says, it's time for your encounter. Exodus chapter 3. Let's read it together. I want us to stand this morning again in honor of the word of the Lord. For those of us in the room, we will stand. For those of you in your homes watching online, stand up. Have some fun because we are engaging in the word of the Lord. And we're going to learn as Christians to encounter God. It's important that we learn to encounter him. The Bible says this, Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. What a great compliment. He's working for his father-in-law, right? I mean, that'll build you up, gentlemen. Yeah, he's working for the man. And that man was the priest of Midian. You talk about not being able to do anything right. You better take care of your girl and you're working for me. Oh, and by the way, this man has spiritual leverage over Moses' life. So this is where Moses is living in the moment. He led the flocks to the west side of the wilderness. So he's living a life in the wilderness. He's thinking he's alone. He's apart. He's forgotten by God. And he comes to Horeb, which later on is to be known as the mountain of God. Do you ever need to experience a mountaintop moment with God? Moses is about to have one and he doesn't even realize where he is. The angel of the Lord. He appears to Moses in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush. And he, that's Moses, looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire and yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now 
and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. My prayer today as we begin a journey together of what it means to truly encounter God. And not to just have a moment back then, but more consistently in our lives. Encounters with God that are life changing. My prayer is that we will encounter today the great I am. Can we pray together? Father, I, I just ask by your spirit that you will do in our hearts what truly you did for Moses. And that your church, your children, people who have faith in you will rise up in this world today as people who not only have changed hearts, but lives that are different because they encountered you. God, I pray this for your church today and for your children gathered here and online in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is one of those moments in Scripture. It is, it is one of those moments. And, and so sometimes there's this dialogue that you might have with your Christian friends or perhaps people who are not believers. But this phrase has become popular enough and used enough where you will be asked, have you had a burning bush moment in your life? Let me, let me put it another way. Have you ever had in your life something that sets you on fire on the inside? What do you get fired up about? I mean, I can remember that was a that was a motivation tool of my coaches coming up through high school and in college. It was, hey, get fired up. You know, I can remember it's like get fired up and you will play better. So so it makes sense in a sports environment. But but sports aren't the only areas of life that people get fired up about. Um, do you get fired up about your job? No, Pastor, I don't get fired up about my job. Well, um, there may be a reason for that. Perhaps there was a season where you did. Um, there was something about it that got you fired up. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be doing it, right? You get fired up about transitions. You get fired up about change. Maybe, maybe you get fired up about, maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your relationship. There's a fire that burns inside of you for a relationship in your life. Maybe it's for your kids. Uh, maybe it's for your academics. There are all kinds of things when we stop and we pause and we go, okay, what do I get fired up about? What begins to burn within me? And because it burns within me so much, it creates a change in behavior. It creates a new attitude and a way of thinking because I get so fired up about something 
Um, I can relate to it in certain recreational things. Um, I get fired up when I'm catching a 30-plus inch redfish. Not only because I love the fight and the experience of it, but I really love what he's going to look like on the grill. And so I enjoy that part. It's a biblical sport. Embrace it. I'm just saying, all right? I love the chase of the hunt. It fires me up. My family thinks I'm crazy, but I will be up. 3.30, 4 a.m., all of it laid out, pack the lunch, sit in the 30s all day long, not move in one spot, see nothing, go home at night, get ready to do it again the next day when I'm on one of those trips because I think the next day it could be it. You don't do that unless you have a fire that burns within you for something. Now, we all have something, right? Moses had a fire within moments. And he had a fire within moment, not about his job, not just related to his family, not just related to his finances. He had a fire within moment related to his God. And when God spoke to him, that changed how he interacted with everything else. This encounter was a life-changing encounter for him. Here's the life lesson today, if you're taking notes. Um, the reality is true encounters with God. They will create a fire within us. And that fire will purify us, and it will change our lives. True encounters with God, they create a fire within us, and that fire, it purifies us, and it changes our lives. It changes how we interact, how we choose, how we respond toward things around us. And it's this burning bush moment that Moses has in his relationship with God. I want to challenge you as we begin to walk through this season together. If your burning bush moment was a year ago, that's not good enough. For your soul. If your bunning bush moment was five years ago, then your flame and the embers may be growing cold. If your burning bush moment was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, then perhaps as we walk through this series, it's time for you to say to God, I need an encounter. I need a fresh encounter. I need a new burning bush moment that isn't in the past, but something that happens right now. Because I can tell you, a lot of people in our culture and in our world in the last year have gotten lost. They've gotten lost in survival. They've gotten lost in new habits, new patterns, new routines. And most of those have very little to do with an encounter with God. There are so many more things now in our world that are clamoring for your attention. Watch the news. Read the headlines. Pick your favorite agenda now that wasn't there before. And what you will find is God is being moved to the fringe of your encounters. God is being moved to the outside. And you will find yourself, if you're not careful, so will I, in a wilderness, tending sheep for someone who's not even paying attention. But where you really want to find yourself is in a holy place with God, 
that purifies your heart and changes the course of your direction for life. Here's what happens when that occurs in life. Number one, when I look at what Moses was experiencing to have an encounter with God, I ask myself, how then could I? How then could you? How do we discover life moments? Life moments that lead to an encounter with God. Here's the first life moment that I think you and I and all of us have been primed to express and experience. The first life moment that always occurs, always occurs for you to go to the next level in your encounter with God. Are you ready for this one? The word is brokenness. If you want to encounter God in a life-changing, soul-fire-filling type of way, we must, you must, I must, have a moment where we acknowledge our brokenness. Here's what you see in the life of Moses. And, and by the way, all you have to do is back up and look at where his heritage comes from. Here's a, a gentleman, basically, in his life who was adopted. Here's a gentleman in his life who was adopted and fortunately, because God is gracious, placed him in a position for a greater purpose, but he did not know that. He was not living with that knowledge. All he knew is that he was born of one culture, placed in a, another culture, and I'm sure that he had to work through all kinds of mental, physical, thoughtful issues related to who he was and where he was located. And I can tell you, you don't think that's an issue, then you missed culture the last year. You missed part of what was going on the last year because a lot of people in a lot of different cultures had to wrestle through that in a global shutdown. Moses is living under that. Moses, as a part of trying to discover who he is, gets involved in a skirmish, a skirmish between two different people groups. And what does he do? He chooses the one that's his people. That's what he does. And so he raises his fist in anger. He raises his temper, which you will begin to understand. A part of his life is anger. That's one of his issues to bear. And so in this moment, he murders someone else. He murders someone else who the Bible says was actually just in a disagreement who also thought their position was one of control. And this other person was a, of a role where it was like considered less than because the Hebrew was subservient in that culture to the Egyptian. So Moses takes it upon himself to fix an ill and he murders someone. And he thinks, oh, by the way, because I've stood up for my culture, I'm now going to be embraced by my culture. But you know, that's how the world always works. The world will always pull you into an agenda, into a bias. It will play to where you've come from. And it will suck you in. And it will raise up all of the emotions and all of the feelings that are of your flesh and are natural. And once it's got you in and you think that you are a part of the team, Moses shows up the next day and two of his own people are fighting. Two of his own culture are going at it. And he's like, hey, why are you guys doing that? 
Why don't you separate? You know, we are, we are against them, not against one another. And they say, what are you going to do? Kill us too? And then Moses realizes what he had done has not only become known, but nobody's really on his side. And then he spends the next 40 years of his life in a wilderness, isolated, by the way, under the hand of Jethro, his father-in-law, tending to sheep. This is a gentleman, by the way, who lived, and the New Testament would tell us about him. He lived as a prince of Egypt. He lived as someone with the riches of Pharaoh. And the Bible tells us in chapter 2 that after this encounter was made known, even his stepdad, his adopted father, wanted to kill him for taking out an Egyptian. So now you have a man on the run. You have a person on the fringe, rejected by society, but not rejected by God. And Moses needed this moment. So many times as believers, we will spiritualize this burning bush moment. But Moses needed this because he's lost. He's a murderer. He's angry. He's probably working a dead-end job, or at least in his mind, he thinks it's a dead-end job. But God knows exactly, even in those details, what he's doing, because if you can't shepherd sheep very well, then you can't shepherd people very well. So God is in the process of using brokenness to bring us into an encounter with God. Have you been able in this last season of life to identify your brokenness? Have you begun to realize that your body will not last forever? This afternoon I will participate in a service for a family that's connected to this church. And the gentleman literally, while in the midst of everyone thinking about a pandemic and viruses and vaccinations, this gentleman's heart gave out just like that. And the most telling sign of this in dialogue with his spouse and his three kids that are left behind, the most telling sign of what they've said is, we had a plan, and this is not it. We had a plan. You talk about brokenness. We all have a moment where we think that our plan is going according to the way we want. But if you've ever experienced brokenness inside, in your body, in your mind, that actually is one of the greatest tools that God can use to show up big in your life. Brokenness. If he could do it for Moses, then he can do it for you. If he could do it for someone that was a murderer, that was on the outside, that was living in a wilderness of life, that was doing a dead-end job, if God can show up that big for him, then God can do it for us. Isn't that good? So step one, if you want to have an encounter more consistently with God that will purify who you are, do you think Moses needed a little purification, confidence raising, being able to understand he's still useful, still valuable, and God wants to use him? Do you think he needed that? Absolutely. And therefore, if God can do that in the brokenness of Moses' life, God can do that with us. That's number one. Number two, how do I discover life moments that lead to an encounter with God? 
not only do I need to embrace the brokenness that, that's out there, but I want to make sure that when these moments happen, I want to seize them. So step two is to seize the moments to turn aside and to face God. Turn aside, seizing those moments where we legitimately, authentically turn aside and we face God. Now, it took a bush on fire that was not burning up for Moses to turn aside. But he turned aside. What's fascinating about the scripture is, and I love this, the Bible couldn't be any more clear. It says the angel of the Lord was present in the bush. And then it goes on and says the Lord was there in the bush. And then it says God spoke to Moses there from the bush. So this, there's this very clear reality that even in the Old Testament world, God was working. Just as much as he's at work in the New Testament and just as much as he is at work in your life today. But do you realize Moses was so close to missing an encounter with God because he could have stayed so busy with his job? The Bible doesn't say that he immediately turned and went. The Bible gives us a clue to the reality of how difficult it is even for you and I to seize the moments that are right there in front of us and to turn aside and face God. Moses legitimately had to stop what he was doing and acknowledge that something was happening here and he had to turn himself toward it. That is huge for you and I in an encounter with God because the reality is so many times we're so busy, we're so focused on everything else, we fill our lives with good things. Your job is a good thing. If you don't think so, stop doing it for a while and watch what happens, right? Or your recreation, that can be a good thing. There are things, your family, those are good things. But sometimes we get so busy with the good things that we forget the great thing. And Moses almost missed it. But he turns. And he turns aside. And he faces God. Do you know of anything in your life that, number one, creates the brokenness where it causes you to hunger for God? But then, number two... Can you acknowledge that sometimes it's just so hard for you to turn aside? You really don't have time or make time to turn aside and encounter God. Hey, here's one easy step, by the way, moving into 2021. And I believe that you are the kind of people that can actually make this a part of your life and therefore become healthier people in 2021 with healthier spirits and souls one of the very simple basic most easy ways for you to turn aside and face God is to go to church every week it's one of the most simple easy steps for you to say in the midst of my busy life I will stop and I will have a Sabbath where I turn my attention and my affection and all of my energy toward God. And I will give God my best, especially when I go to worship Him in church. That's one of the simple ways to do it. 
Moses had this moment where he literally turns himself. And he has to block out the baying of sheep, which, by the way, you probably would do that too if there's a bush on fire that's not burning up. But he turns to that. He has to block out all of the other stuff that is going on, I know, in his mind, in his life. Because he's been living with it for 40-something years. But when the moment occurs, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much you've been through. When the moment occurs for you to encounter God, make sure you turn aside and you face Him. That's exactly what Moses did as he encountered Him. Are there moments in your life that you have set up intentionally in your schedule, in your world, where you will seize them? They are blocked out and you will use them to encounter the Lord. Those moments, when you begin to do that, your soul gets stronger, your spirit is healthier, and your encounters with God, they will move from just being Sunday to being something that is a part of your life. And that moves us to the third thing. The third thing that's important about us and our encounter with God, our true encounters with God, that create a fire within us. They create a fire in us that purifies us and it changes our lives. Um, these happen in the moments where we realize when we are standing on holy ground. Moses had a moment where he realized and God had to help him understand, Moses, you are standing on holy ground. An encounter with God is a moment where you are standing on holy ground. And there's a very important part of this passage that helps you and I understand today something that perhaps we wouldn't grasp when we read this. What did God ask Moses to do to recognize where he was? He told him to do what? He said, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. Why would God say that? Why of all things to recognize this encounter, this burning? I mean, there's a miracle happening. There's a bush on fire. That ought to be good enough for the encounter, but it's not. It wasn't good enough for God to just have Moses show up, see a miracle, hear the voice. It wasn't good enough. The holy ground moment happens because Moses does something. He takes off his shoes. And in that culture, for you to take off your shoes in the presence and before someone else was a very deliberate and intentional act to acknowledge them as a superior over your life. It was a very deliberate act to say, I am subservient to you. Now, you want to put this back in the context. And I realize this will cause some people to bristle. Ooh, I, I don't like that. I understand that. But bring it forward to your personal spiritual life before God if you want to encounter him for who he is. In this moment... With Moses, this does something to him. Because his people have lived in history subservient to the Egyptian people. 
And therefore, when God asked him to humble himself before God, this is a very soul-bearing, being-expressing moment for Moses to say, Oh, that's who you are. And in this moment that is holy before Moses, Moses is willing to say, Okay, you are that God above all of it. And you realize that everything else that you will read in the book of Exodus, that Moses was able to accomplish for his people, he was only able to do it because he had a holy ground moment where he submitted himself not to someone else, but he submitted himself to God. And he said, yes, you are the ruler over my life. You are the one that can be trusted. And it is this moment that purifies who he is, that takes care of what his past was, that takes care of what people thought about him and moved him forward as a redemptive agent for an entire nation. It's this moment. This whole purifying, life-changing encounter. And it happens because God says, take your shoes off because you need to know who's in charge. And then he goes on and says, Moses goes on and questions, well, what are they going to say to me? How am I going to get this done? They're going to reject me. They're going to talk to me. Moses, you're standing on holy ground. You're standing in a place where you are meeting me. Therefore, I am going to do what I am going to do. Are you going to be a part of it? Do you want to take this moment and encounter and let it change you and purify you and be used by me, used by me to do something great? Is that what you want? Or you want to go back to following the crowd? You want to put your shoes back on and think you're something? You want to bow up to me with your agenda and your attitude? You want to bring your health and your physics and all of your body? You want to bring your strength? You want to bring all of these sheep? You want to bring your father-in-law into this? What you want to do, Moses? Or you want to keep your shoes off and you want to acknowledge who's calling you to do this? You want to acknowledge who you are? It begins with brokenness. We don't like that. How many of you in here like to be broken? I don't. It begins there. And then it moves through this process in his life where he has to actually choose to turn to God. By the way, there's a New Testament word for that. So if you want to experience an encounter with God, the New Testament word is repentance. Oh, don't preach repentance, man. You're one of those hellfire brimstone guys, right? But if you want to, inter if you want to encounter God, you've got to turn aside to him. And to turn aside means you turn from something to turn toward him. And that's what Moses had to do. And then he has to recognize this is holy ground. This isn't my space. This isn't my agenda. This isn't about me. This is the moment where I am surrendering all I am to you. That's where an encounter will get you. That's what an encounter looks like. And therefore his bare feet moments on holy ground begins to purify him of all of those things and prepare him for something ahead. Here's the last thing. Don't mistake that an encounter with God is something that only happens in church. 
Because this picture of Moses' encounter, it happens not in a temple. It doesn't happen in a sanctuary. But it does happen on a mountain. And those mountaintop moments are ones that encourage us and teach us, finally, that we can discover God in these encountering moments that are life-changing when we live in the presence of the great I Am. When we live in the presence of the great I am. Because Moses in the midst of this, he's going through this encounter with God. And then he has questions. How am I going to do this? What am I going to say? Are you sure I'm the right person? And God says, tell them I am has sent you. Now I love that because the reality of this phrase is present in the creation of Genesis. Which we did a deep study on early in this shutdown season of life, that phrase is used of God, the one who speaks, the one who breathes life, creation into existence. Moses is reminded that's the same God that was there then. He was there for Abraham. He was there for Isaac. He was there for Jacob. He is there now. And oh, by the way, a casual study of the life of Jesus, Jesus would say over and over again, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the living water so that whoever would come to me would not thirst, would not hunger, would be able to see. The great I am was present in this moment and the great I am is present today. Just as he was there for Moses, so too he is there for you. In moments of acknowledging brokenness. In moments where we have to turn aside from something and face God. In moments where we have to acknowledge that yes, we need to take some things off of ourselves, our attitudes, our arrogance, our pride, our flesh, and submit to God. And then, when those things have happened, then we live. Do you realize your life, going back to where we finished last week's series, your life or Your temple is the greatest vehicle that you have to encounter God on a daily basis. Your life. For some of you, I I know because we've walked through this last season of life together, I'm grateful that you are alive. Deeply grateful that you're alive. So therefore, what have you learned from that moment? Do you want to go back to living on the edge of not knowing you're going to make it through or not? Or do you want to move forward in your life going, I'm going to live. And I'm going to live daily in the presence of God. Your worship environment is your campus. Your worship environment is your sport. Your worship environment is your academics. Your worship environment is your home. Your worship environment is what you do with the money that God has given to you. Your worship environment is not just cheering when the saints win. And by the way, they didn't win. We're not talking about them today. Your worship environment is your life. Oh, and by the way, seizing the moments in your life to encounter God and to praise Him, to thank Him for what He's done with your past what he's saying to you about your present and yes what he can do with your future those are life-changing purifying moments and if he can do it for a shepherd in the wilderness who is a murderer 
who didn't know who he was, who was lost and searching and just living through a routine. And then he can encounter God and he can change everything else about his future. Then if God does that for him, God will do that for you. That's who he is. And so this morning, my prayer is that we will begin as people to not say, God, I remember when I had a fire with you 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. God, I want a fire within today. Today. And I want to live in the presence of the great I am. He's not the God of yesterday. He's your God of encountering right now. I am. So how about we open our hearts up and begin to ask Him in the days ahead, God, I just want to encounter you. For all your children today, Lord, in this room, online, right now where we are, we stop. And Lord, spiritually, you see us. We take off what we use to cover ourselves and to build ourselves up before you. We shed that right now because we want to stand on holy ground. God, we want to stand in your presence. We need you to address the things inside of us that are broken and heal them and turn them for good in our world. God, we need these moments where we acknowledge right now we need to turn to you intentionally turn to you to encounter you God I, I pray that you will strengthen your children today to realize the life they have to live it is a life to be lived in your presence in fullness and in victory of worship to the great I am so God I pray you will strengthen and fire up our hearts by your presence in the name of Jesus Amen Encountering God it is a part of your soul it's a part of your health so as we continue to walk through this journey together I'm going to ask you to find a point other than church the easy part the easy way find a point to deliberately and intentionally choose to encounter God in a life-changing way. And I want to encourage you to do that this week. As you continue to not only be faithful in your attendance, it is good to see you and it's good to have you, our online family. Thank you for being faithful as well in the giving and in supporting what God is doing because we have some good things ahead and it's because of your faithfulness. God bless you all. And as you go from here, may you encounter the God who is your great I am. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.